0: It's wonderful to see you all. We are talking about Colossians uh, in a series right now, and we're kind of in the middle of it. Um, we're on chapter 2 right now, and um, I was asked to, to preach on being alive in Christ, which is talked about in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11. If you have Bibles, we're going to read these verses. There's not a whole lot of them. So we're going to start out reading these verses. And uh, to get you familiar again with what what Paul is talking about here. Um, He starts out saying, In him you were also circumcised, with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. "...buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and in the in uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and He has taken it out of the way." having nailed it to the cross. He starts out here talking about the circumcision of Christ. What is the circumcision of Christ? Genesis chapter 17 tells how God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants to be their God and for them to be His people. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, he says, I will bless you, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But God said there was something that Abraham and his descendants had to do. And that was circumcision. He said, and God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant." And, and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So God required that they keep the covenant and that their descendants be circumcised. Well, the descendants of Abraham were circumcised, but they didn't keep the covenant. God gave them the law and they didn't keep it. So, the prophet Jeremiah writes, in Jeremiah 31 and verse 31, He said, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. For they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. And God said, he told Abraham that there would be one seed. And that one seed was coming from the descendants of Abraham. And in that seed, all the nations of earth, the whole world will be blessed. And we know that seed was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Galatians 3 and 6 says that just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, we who believe and have the faith, the same faith that Abraham had, are also sons of Abraham. So if we believe God as Abraham did... We too can be a part of this new covenant. Not with Abraham, but with the mediator of the covenant, Jesus Christ. But even though this new covenant is also a covenant of faith, there's something we have to do. Something God requires of us. Jesus preached over and over that we must repent. We must repent and turn away from the sin in our lives. He also preached that we must be baptized. And he said if we believe and are baptized, we will be saved. And so Paul writes here in Colossians that this is the circumcision of Christ. He says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him and in baptism." In which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. So when we confess our belief in God and repent of our sins and are, we, and are baptized, we put to death the old man, turn away from the sins of the flesh, and are buried with Christ and raised to him raised with him through faith. <clears throat> And God performs this operation on us. You know, Paul continues here in Colossians. He says, And you, being dead, in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. What does this mean, and you being dead? We know that everything physical dies. But he's talking here about spiritual death. You know, death is kind of a separation. When you die physically, you're separated from your body. When you die spiritually, you're separated from God. You know, in the beginning, God gave man a command. He said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, we know Adam and Eve ate of that fruit. They disobeyed God. And sin entered the world. Death entered the world. And they died. They were separated from God and they died. <clears throat> As Paul wrote in Romans 7 and 9, he says, I was alive once without the law. But then the commandment came. Sin revived and I died. There comes a time For everyone, when you know what sin is, you know all about sin. You understand it. You understand the consequences of it. You know that it's wrong. And you do it anyway. You disobey God. And you sin. And that sin kills you. It separates you from God. It kills you spiritually. So there we find ourselves dead spiritually. Separated from God. Who, oh, wretched man that I am, who who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus separated himself from God. Jesus willingly separated himself from God. Jesus had an awesome life. He had everything. An amazing life, and he gave it to you. He left it to give it to you. What a gift. Ephesians 2 and 1 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Your sin separated you from God, and Jesus took those sin of Himself. He took all your sin. That separated you from God. And he became our sin. Accepted the punishment for our sin. He took it all and nailed it to the cross. Just as God raised Jesus from the dead. When you came up out of that water. God raised you from the dead. And there was joy in heaven. The angels rejoiced, the Bible says. Just like the father who welcomed the prodigal son home. Saying it was right that we should be merry and glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. You know... I was reading in the news about an older couple that lived in this house. It was about three months ago in Indiana. It was an old couple. He was a retired Marine, I think it was. And they had lived in this house for a long time. And the police were called to this house about three months ago. Because someone found a dead body in the living room of this house. Autopsy report revealed this dead body had been there for nine months. For nine months, this woman had been living with this dead body. It was her husband. She was living with this corpse in her living room because she refused to let him go. She refused to admit he was dead and gone. So she was living with this decaying corpse. Now how disgusting is that? Can you imagine living like that for almost a year? Yet we'll dig up that old man of sin and flesh. And we'll live with him for a while. We'll just embrace Him for just a while. You know, the next time you're tempted to sin, think about embracing that corpse and be disgusted by that. Be disgusted. Because that's what it is. Maybe that'll help. You know, Jesus said... You know, in every tiny, hard, lonely seed, God has hidden the potential for life. For it to grow into something wonderful, something better, something useful, to be a new creation. But it has to die. It has to die to be changed. But if it dies, it becomes something useful to God. And useful to everyone. Just like that tiny mustard seed that Jesus talked about. That grew into the mighty tree so even the birds nested in its branches. This is what it means to be alive in Christ. Christ. You must put to death that old man and live to follow Jesus. You know, you can't repay Him. You can't repay Him for what He's done for you. But you can serve Him. You can be His servant. You were bought with a price that can't be repaid. But you can do that. Are you serving Jesus every day in your life? You know, if you. I'm going to read John 15. He gave us another passage here. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. I looked up the definition of that word, abide. And in the the Bible dictionary, it, it says abide means to sit, to stand, to walk, to dwell, to wait, to rise, to stay, and to remain. That's what abide means. So to abide in Christ, to abide in Christ means to sit, to stand, to walk, to dwell, to wait, to rise, to stay, to remain in Christ. That means you don't go places that Jesus wouldn't go. You don't stay places that Jesus wouldn't stay. You don't, you don't, Watch things that Jesus wouldn't watch. You don't join yourself to people that won't have anything to do with the Lord. You're with Him now. You stay with Him. Your new life is different. Paul begins the next chapter in Colossians 3. If you, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. That's what we have to do. Abide in Him. Jesus says, like a branch on a vine, if you don't abide in Him, you will wither and die. The book of Revelations. Jesus begins and ends the book of Revelations talking about a second death. And he says in Revelations 2 and 11, at the beginning, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And at the end, he says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he will be my people. He will be my son but the cowardly unbelieving abominable murderers sexually immoral sorcerers idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death how do we overcome how do we overcome as Jesus said we have to do Every day, every day we must put to death that old man. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. Because you see, the life is not ours. It's not in us. It's Jesus that overcomes. Jesus overcomes for us. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And John writes, you are of God, little children, and I've overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I want to end by imploring you this morning to overcome. We talked this week in Bible study in Louisville about Satan. Don't let him win. Don't let Satan win. Overcome the wicked one. Don't be fooled by this deceitful generation. Overcome the lies. Overcome the world. The Apostle Paul begins and ends this chapter of Colossians Imploring people not to be fooled by the world. And I believe Brother Matt's going to talk about that next week. So I'll end the study here. Have you been circumcised with Christ? Are you a part of that new covenant that God made with his son? If you have, hold on to that covenant. You are alive in Christ alone. Don't go digging up that corpse out of the grave. The lesson is yours. I hope it's been encouraging to you. If anyone has a request, prayers for the church, we would be glad to pray with you this morning. If you have a spiritual need, please come forward, sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.